Adventures in Research. One of the most familiar sounds of modern civilization is this. But the signal warning of a fire did not always sound like that. Originally, the fire alarm sounded down the streets like this. This is Paul Shannon bringing you another transcribed story of science produced as a public service in cooperation with the Westinghouse Research Laboratories. And today telling you the story of fire and the men who fought it. Fought it in the days before machines or engines or even horses. Before the white man came to America, there were fires, of course. But they posed no problem to the Indian. If he rubbed two sticks together and couldn't control the result of his labors... The village merely picked up its portable dwellings and fled the fires to a greener part of the land. But with the arrival of white men and the formation of cities, this method wasn't so easy. Quite some house Mr. Stewart's building, huh? Yeah, no doubt about it. Going to be the biggest house in all New Amsterdam. Yeah? My, look at the work they're putting into it. Isn't he took a lot of lumber, all right. Well, one thing we got here is trees aplenty. Yes, isn't he? A couple trees alone went into that chimney. Yep, as nice a wood chimney as you'll see in the whole town. And a nice thatched roof. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Stewart's going to be mighty comfortable with a nice house like Wooden chimneys, thatched roofs, a pretty inflammable combination in New Amsterdam. And if a fire broke out... Thanks alive, Mr. Barton. The roof's the fire. Well, don't stand there gawking. Run, run to the river and, and get a bucket of water. All right, all right. Uh, better get two... The council will please come to order. We cannot have this constant bickering. Tis plain as the nose on your face, we have to outlaw these wooden chimneys. Twenty-seven fires in a fortnight. My dear Mayor Stuyvesant, what concern is this of ours? But twenty-seven fires. There's plenty of water. There's water all around. But and... there will not be if this keeps up. We will be draining the ocean dry. Just because you own some trees and sell wood for chimneys... It's is no concern of yours, Mayor Stuyvesant, what I do. And if it's wooden chimneys they want... I'm the mayor, and I say... If the mayor is going to start saying what wood will be used for, I suggest he look at his own leg. <laughs> what if a fire starts there? <laughs> But Mayor Stuyvesant, wooden leg and all, had his way. Not only a ban on wooden chimneys, but 
I hereby appoint Mr. Barden, Mr. Gorman, Mr. Bockfelt, and Mr. Dunderflag as watchful fire wardens. They will see that the ban on wooden chimneys is enforced and will be empowered to inspect all hearths and firesides to see that no flames endanger dwellings. you rummaging around my house. Uh, now, now, you look here. I'm a watchful fire warden. I don't I... care what you are. You won't be coming around my house again or I'll set the dogs on you. But I'm supposed to... The watchful fire wardens found their popularity decreasing and their position quite unenviable. So nothing was done about fires until one winter night in 1657 when a log rolled out of a fireplace... <laughs> In the most fashionable home in the colony, the rugs were afire, the draperies aflame. Look, Baxter's house is afire. Don't stand there staring. Get a bucket. A bucket. The bucket. Somebody fetch a bucket. You got no buckets, Mister Baxter. Oh, I can't find one. I don't know what the servant did with him. Hasn't anybody got a bucket? Seemed to be right scarce. Anybody got a bucket? The site of the most palatial home in the colony burned to ashes finally aroused the citizens of New Amsterdam. Each home shall be taxed one beaver or eight guilders for the purpose of providing hooks and ladders and 250 leather fire buckets. Here you are, gentlemen, the finest leather buckets we cobblers can make. Good, good. There'll be 50 of them at Daniel's Inn, and five at Mr. Baxter's home, five at Mr. Gruller's. Oh, yes, 50 of them at City Hall. All right, now, boys, each of us in town will take his turn patrolling the streets for an hour. Now, an hour isn't much time, and if you so much as see a spark, you immediately shake the rattle like this. And when any of us hear that rattle, why, grab up what buckets you can and come a-running. When New Amsterdam became New York, there were changes in firefighting also. The rattles and the buckets were still maintained. But every household was compelled by law to own a bucket. When the fire was sighted and the rattle sounded, each citizen ran to the window and threw the fire bucket out into the street. Members of the guard gathered them up and hurried off to the blaze. Men and women formed two lines between the fire and the nearest well, with one line passing along the full buckets and another returning the empty. And then in 1731 came an Englishman named Richard Newsham. Uh, fantastic, eh? What? Uh, Newsham's machine. It, it pumps water, you know. Uh, I've heard about it. 
Have you noticed the new... For fires, that is. Uh, yes, so they tell me. Uh, have you seen the new material that Altmaier has? Strangest <laughs> contraption. You, you, you pour the water into the top, and it has handles on the side. Uh, you, you, you pump it uh, like this, sort of. Uh, mm -hmm. I've, I've heard all about it. I was asking you if... It spurts you... the water right out of it wherever you want it to uh, go. <laughs> what do you think of that now, eh? Uh, I don't know about you, but... Frankly, I... I'm tired of it. Oh. Two of Newsham's machines were brought to America and were soon given an opportunity to prove themselves. Yes, sir, if it hadn't been for them two fire engines, we'd really be in the soup. Jim Edwards' house caught fire, but with them two engines, we got it put out in a jiffy. Put it out before it did more than burn down Jim's house and the two next door. With fire engines like these, companies were formed. Volunteer societies that popped up all over New York. And when the fire bell sounded... Men dropped whatever they were doing, rushed to their firehouses, donned their leather hats, and dragged their pet fire engines through the streets. They even christened their engines with such names as Old Wreath of Roses, Lady Washington... Red Rover. And before long, rivalries developed, which didn't hurt the fires much at all. Now listen, finally, and you other boys. The Polk Street boys beat us to the last three fires, and I don't like the joshing folks are giving us. Uh, me neither, Chief. None of us do. Well, what can we do? Easy. See them barrels? We'll keep them right here at the firehouse. Now, as soon as the bell rings, you fellas grab them and scamper off to the fire while the rest of us pull the wagon. Well, I don't see what good a barrel is going to do if we can't get our engine there first. Don't you see, you consigned fool? You get there and put the barrel over the fire hydrant. That way, whoever gets there first can't get to the water until we get our engine there. <laughs> Unfortunately, the fires didn't wait till the fistfight subsided. And while many fire companies turned to horsepower to pull the heavy engines, more than a few volunteer laddies of the old days refused to give up the honor of pulling them by manpower. But scientific progress did not wait on personal honor or sentiment. Early in the 19th century, steam was used to operate a fire pump, and vehicles were built with both pump and boiler mounted on a wagon. By the time of the Great Chicago Fire, most of the companies used steam fire engines. Another great contribution to firefighting was the flexible hose, which permitted the fighters to park the engine far enough from the blaze to keep it from burning, too. And a still later development was the suction hose. With motorized fire engines, science progressed even further and developed new methods of pumping. The rotary-type gear is a positive-action pump which will draw water from a depth of 20 to 25 feet without being primed. Another type, the centrifugal pump, is also used. And piston pumps are very satisfactory under some conditions. But firefighters work with more than water. From the chemistry laboratories come new methods. 
Where water is scarce, soda acid engines can be used. Now, these are vessels with a solution of bicarbonate of soda dissolved in water, along with a separate cylinder of sulfuric acid. The sulfuric acid is discharged into the bicarbonate of soda solution. This reaction forms carbonic acid under pressure, which forces the solution through the hose. And foam chemical engines. Which operate much as the soda acid engines, except that the acid ingredient is a solution of aluminum sulfate dissolved in water. To this, a stabilizing solution is added to make the bubbles and foam tougher. Now, this foam adheres to any burning surface, even on a vertical wall or to a ceiling. Also, it can float on any inflammable liquid. fight against fire goes on. And though flames still consume millions of dollars a year, sending life and property up in smoke, man is winning his fight against fire. And he is doing it because scientific principles and techniques have replaced the crude firefighting methods of early America to make a never-ending adventure in research. That's today's Adventures in Research, produced in cooperation with the Westinghouse Research Laboratories. programs are broadcast to Armed Forces personnel overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week for another transcribed story of science on Adventures in Research. Adventures in Research.